not going to make a grave for it. I'm a bit past that age now. But you could have eaten it. No, because I'm a vegetarian. I, but, uh, you could be one of those vegetarians that eats fish. They're not real vegetarians. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, hello and welcome to the Just Ride Films podcast, episode 24. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by my co-host, co-founder and the Mick Hucknall of the podcast world, Mr Dominic Pillai. Hello. Don't ever call me that again. <laughs> but why? Hey, Mick Hucknall was a three-lady a nightman, as we found out when we read that last week. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. I That's some sort of sick world that I don't want to live in. Um, if this is your first time listening, hello, we don't often go on about Mick Hucknall, but, you know, it's a special occasion. Uh, we are two independent filmmakers who are all about supporting indie film and are doing so in podcast form. Uh, I like to think of us as the podcast equivalent of Firework Night. Uh, we're flashy, brightly coloured, and thankfully over in a couple of minutes. Damn it. So let's get on with the first section of the podcast. Uh, we open, as always, with a uh, review each of a film that we have seen in the previous seven days. Um, Dom, I think your film is probably more important, so let's start with you. What are you going to review this week? Well, my film's always more important, just in general. You're just a very important person. I am important. Uh, no, so, I finally got round to seeing a film that I have wanted to see for ages... Uh, it's a film. It's an in the British independent film that was shot in my hometown of Folkestone. This is what we like. Uh, and uh, it's called "Everyone's Going to Die." <clears throat> and uh, don't be put off by the title. It, it sounds like it's going to be quite bleak. Uh, it's far from that. It's a, just a really interesting sort of offbeat black comedy. Uh, set in Folkestone, uh, and it's about two characters. Uh, one's this young woman who is kind of at a stage of her life where she doesn't really know. It's pe- two characters are basically going through a crisis, and one is a, a sort of twenty-ish young woman, and the other is a sort of middle-aged man who turns out to be a hitman as well. Uh, but it's not really about that. It's just, and it's about their. They meet and they're sort of a... It's a love story, but platonic sort of love story. Uh, I really like the idea that there's a hitman in Folkestone. Yeah. Uh, and there's what was really great about it, I I knew about the... Pro, I've known about the project. It was shot a couple of years ago, I think 2013. I know quite a lot of people that are not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera as well. Uh, one of which is worked on... Sirens Bay. What? Uh, S- Steve Thomas, who DP'd Sirens Bay. Nice. He is primarily uh, a sound guy. Uh, you know, he's had a very extensive career. Good doing... up, Steve. You can do a bit of everything. Yeah. So he did the sound for Everyone's Gonna Die. And there's loads of other people I've known as well. And there was a lot of people that I was like, oh, you. And, there's... and it was really lovely because I knew pr- everywhere that it was shot as well. Uh, So I enjoyed it on the kind of, I know this place way, but also enjoyed it because it's really great. And um, remember when I used to do the uh, film review uh, on Academy FM? I do. I interviewed one of the directors uh, for the film, who's really a nice guy called Max. Uh, And maybe we can put a link to that in the podcast uh, if you want to find out more about the film. But anyway, it's taken me a while to get to see it. And I went to see it. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, I would recommend 
anyone to see it, in fact, uh, whether you're from Folkestone or not. It's very enjoyable. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because I think it's good to go in not knowing much about it. Um, but I found it really enjoyable. And I think you can... Uh, it's not in cinemas anymore, uh, but you can get download it uh, vi- video on demand and iTunes and things like that. So okay. well, we can put that in the link in the uh, description as well, where, yeah. where people can go and find everyone's going to die. Yeah, um, it's really it, it warms my heart to know that not only are there independent features being made, but there's independent features being made in Folkestone. Yeah, it just that just makes me so happy and so hopeful for the future. Um, and I'm really upset that I haven't got to see it yet, so I will definitely take this link for the VOD service and go and check it out, because Do. it sounds like something I'm going to like very much. Yeah. Um, just harking back to your the radio show that you used to have, which isn't as good as our current podcast. Oh, of course not. But you did get to interview some really, really good people on Yeah, that. yeah. I myself was on it at one point, which yeah. is, oh, I'd forgotten about that as I was setting that up. It's a bit but, of a quiet week, that one, but... But, you know, one of the best weeks, you know, it was just, you know, not a lot of people may have listened to it, but so, they missed out on so much. It was it was a really good one. Um, wicked. So, yeah, we'll make sure the information is there for people to check out and definitely go and support this wonderful independent feature. So we come to the, uh, well, this is kind of like the B movie this week. This is the film I'm going to review. You know, it's yeah. not as important or as interesting as um, everyone's going to die. Uh, but I went to see Spectre this week. Oh, yeah. That, uh, which that... is a, it's a, um, a Jimmy Bond film. Yeah. Uh, they've made a couple of those in the past. And I believe you've seen it as well. I have, but you, I, I don't know if you're aware of that. When you said Jimmy Bond, the very first James Bond adaptation was an American TV show where they changed his name to Jimmy Bond because it was out of... Ian Fleming was still alive at the time and didn't have the copyright for the name James Bond. So it was an American secret agent called Jimmy Bond. Just thought I'd throw that trivia. I didn't know that, but um, I can see their thinking, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So what did we think of Spectre? Well, I was slightly disappointed in it, but only because it was good and not great. Yeah. Um, I did have... uh, several issues with it and um, some of the good points is I thought there were some really good action set pieces yep. uh, especially in the Austrian Alps with the snow and the plane I thought that was really well done Yeah. Um, but there was more things that I was again it's not it's not a bad film it's not a film I came out of going wow that was Quantum of Solace it's yeah. not that at all Yeah. but it's just kind of alright yeah. I think um, I feel like they wasted some of the good cast they had. Um, Dave Bautista being one of the villains, I think, had so much potential. And I think he just didn't do enough for me. He had a couple of good scenes. There's a really good fight on the train, which harkens back to From Russia With Love. Yeah. Um, and also Monica Bellucci as well. I felt like she was going to have a bigger part. And yeah. she didn't. She's basically... In, she has a one good scene and then, bye-bye, you're done. Yeah. So I think they could have done a lot more with those characters. One of the things I really like about the Craig era of Bonds is how it's kind of a lot different and a lot edgier and darker. And he, as Bond, is, has got that in, internal. We spoke about this when we did our Bond special a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He's got that inner turmoil that you can see behind his eyes. Yeah. Whereas this one, with Spectre, it felt more of a throwback to older Bonds. Yeah. And it had kind of the cheesy jokes and that sort of thing. And I understand why they did it, and some of them kind of work. There's some nice little touches there, but I think it was hammed in a bit too much, which must have been great for massive Bond fanboys. Yeah. But for me, someone who was a fan of the Craig era, more so than the other ones, Yeah. I, I kind of miss that, that edge to it. Yeah. Um, 
special. And I think part of that was things like when you get to like Oberman's Lair in this crater and it's just kind of cartoonish. And again, it harkens back to the first Bond film. Yeah. And it's an old villain's kind of layer. But yeah. for me, that just didn't, it didn't sit well. Yeah. And just overall, it left me slightly disappointed in it. And again, not, not a bad film. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. But everything feels kind of flat since then. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I saw, I've also seen Spectre, as many other people have. Um, I think I enjoyed it a bit more than you, uh, but I do agree. Uh, I, I think, it, as I feel with most films, half an hour too long. Oh, God, yes. Uh, uh, one of those bits being uh, the Monica Bellucci bit, her character was completely pointless, and she was such a throwback in terms of Bond girl. She was basically there just to have sex with Daniel Craig. Yeah, it was a bit uneasy. Sorry to interrupt you, but like the fact that her Bond has just killed her husband. Yeah. But we can say that happens in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And then she's just seduced by him like that. Yeah. And you're like, you're a grieving widow and you're just, Bond is just so sexy and it's, uh, like, uh. yeah, I just, I just, uh, it was completely unnecessary. Uh, and I guess we expect more from the Daniel Craig films. We do. Yeah. Like a parent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the way I saw it is that um, yeah he's much more uh, affectionately looking back at the Bond films it's like a you know an homage to all of the basically all of the Bond films up to uh, Live and Let Die I would say so all the Conneries and early Roger Moore ones there's references to pretty much all of them there and um, but the thing is with those films is they, and I rewatched them recently. They're not quite as good as you want them to be. Uh, then there's good bits in them, uh, but they're not. Ultimately, they don't work. And this, to me, felt like a good one of those. Like it's the best one of the a best traditional Bond that you could do in the set in that sense. So uh, yeah, I really liked the train fight sequence. I didn't have a problem with. Dave Batista not having I quite like the fact that he didn't say anything until like the last yeah. bit um, so I was okay with that um, I think the the revelation of the Christoph Waltz character uh, is not very good uh, especially I mean I don't want to go into it too much but they they try to link it into Bond's past a bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. That yeah. just felt really clumsy. Oh, well, I felt the same way about that. Way of the way they tried to link all of his film, the Craig films together as well. Like yeah. It, the idea is that well, it all it all links together, and for me that felt clumsy a bit as well. Yeah, I can see why they've done it, and yeah, and I th- I thought it felt very much like the last Daniel Craig film yeah. as well, uh, and I think that he would be wise to not do any more. I really like Daniel Craig. But I, this felt very much like a swan song. Definitely. Uh, and it felt like, let's do all the things that we can do with James Bond, throw in some of those things, and is a final hurrah. Yeah. And I, I'd be quite interested. I, the, the thing is, I was never a Bond fan. Daniel Craig was the person that got me into Bond. So depending on where they go with the franchise will determine how interested I am. Basically, whoever they cast as Bond next... If it's someone as good as Daniel Craig, then I might watch it. 
but I'm not enough of a Bond fan yeah. to go out and watch it. Even tonally as well, it'll be interesting to see where they go, whether they're going to stick with the edgier, darker side, or if it's going to go back more to the cheese and the sexism. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we shall see. I, um, I, I would like it to be Craig's last one. Like you say, it feels like the end... And uh, I'd be interested to see who they cast next. And, you, I mean, did you see all of the stuff, the interviews, he was sort of saying, there's no way I'm going to do it anymore, I'm, I'm tired. Well, really? I thought yeah. um, he was sort of like, oh, maybe, maybe not, but yeah. maybe. I got the sense that he's he's done with Bond. Right. <laughs> and, you know, he's nearly 50 now, so... That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's enough with old uh, Jim O'Bond. How about we move on to reviewing a short independent film? That's a good idea. Excellent. What so, do you suggest... That we review a short independent film. Anyone in particular? Yes. Funny you should ask. Uh, so right you said from... that in a really strange way. I say everything in a funny really strange way. Funny you should way. ask. <laughs> That's actually my real voice. This is my radio voice. Yeah. And then, but you I feel like that when I'm outside. I like business. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're going to review a film called The Empty, which is made by our friend and former college tutor, funny yep. enough, uh, Mr. James Newton. Yep. Uh, so right off the bat, disclaimer. Uh, we should probably say that, uh, well, obviously James is our friend, but also we're in the film. Yeah. We have cameos. We do. We do. So we've, um, we're not biased at all. No, no, I don't think we are. I think there's stuff we can say about this film. Um, so, yeah, written and directed by James Newton. Uh, it is a film about a man that stabs people. Yeah. And I think that's all we need to say about the narrative. Yeah. And um, we don't want to give anything else away. Yeah. I liked it because that's basically what it is about. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, get bogged down with issues of morals or taste or anything. It's just about this angry man. He wants to stab people, and this is what our film's about. Yeah. Um, I really liked the uh, circular narrative of it yeah. as well, and that it kind of takes place in what well, could be a day, it could be an hour. Yeah. You know, um, I, that was one of the things I definitely liked about it. Yeah. I also I what I really liked about it is the way that it doesn't try to explain anything often with films there's this desire to oh let's explain why someone does something and what i was really good about this is it's just really that there's a sense that there's he's not targeting anyone particularly he's just frustrated and just going for he's just slashing out yeah. basically and you've no idea why yeah. and it works because of that yeah and yeah i i liked it and i liked the i love the way it's shot yeah. I love the tracking camera, steady cam work. The long takes are lovely. The in the particularly the bit where you are in it, and <laughs> dare I say, you get stabbed. I get stabbed. Yeah, stabbed right. I up. love the way that shot. It reminded me uh, the way that the camera's coming in. I remember seeing this, at, saying this at the time. It reminds me very much of like irreversible. That that sort of tracking in that sense of dread yeah. as the camera's coming in you can't look away because yeah. it's just holding there yeah so I like I like that style of filmmaking where it's not telling you what to think the camera's just there and it's following this action and you just uh, observe it. you're like an observer yeah. of this really horrific stuff which makes you sort of complicit in a way. Yeah, it does. And yeah. You feel that way, which yeah. is why the film's effective. Yeah. Um, the first time I watched it, I did kind of think, oh, maybe there should be some score in here. Yeah. Like, I can imagine some sort of like grungy, synthy kind of thing yeah. there. But then upon second view, and I kind of thought, oh, no, it works because it just makes it feel more real. Because yeah. Because all the sound is kind of diegetic. It's Atmos and yeah. what you can see. And it's just like, it, it doesn't feel like a movie. 
you know, it just feels like he's a guy going around stabbing people. And also, the thing is, if you put music, you again, you're imposing exactly. an, an, an idea or a meaning to it. And this just doesn't try to do that at all. It's just like, this is it. And we're not imposing any ideas or morals or judgment on what's going on. Yeah. This is just it. Yeah, it's just brave filmmaking. And, and you, yeah, you bring your own thing to it. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah, so thank you, James, for letting us be a part of it and also to review it as well because it's not available to view online just yet. Um, so normally we put a link to the film to review in the description. Uh, we won't do that for the empty just yet because it's not available. But as soon as James feels like it's ready for the world to see, yeah, we'll update the uh, hashtag podcast peeps and we'll put it out there. And I, I assume it's going to be doing some festivals and yeah. so as, if any information we get from that we will let the podcast peeps know about. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the very least, if they don't like our podcast, they may enjoy seeing us get stabbed. Yeah. So it's something for everyone. Yeah. Well, now it's time for that part of the podcast where every week one of us will present the other one with some sort of film or filmmaking uh, subject. And this week, apparently, it's my turn, which is really lucky because I have a question prepared. So I'm ahead of the game. Uh, so this week, Dom, I would like to ask you so i'm just gonna move the queen over there yeah uh i would like to ask you about your experiences uh working on sets from being a director and a leader of set to kind of working on maybe bigger things or other things where you're kind of the lowest rung on the ladder so your experiences of how different they are the good the bad and the ugly if there's some ugly people yes but don't say their names because that's just mean (laughs) (laughs) um that's quite a broad question what 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 you... Just uh, what experiences come to mind? Well, normally there's some people and there's a camera there <laughs> and they're filming them. We've only got half an hour for the okay. podcast. Okay, right. Um, Would you like me to start then? As, yeah. Even though it's my yeah. question, but yeah. as I've been more prepared with this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've kind of done both. I've directed stuff, I've produced stuff, and I've also worked as sort of marshals and runners and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so lowest run stuff would be stuff like, uh, I worked on the Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, I've never I heard that story. you've ever heard me say that. No, never. Uh, I worked for 10 days on that, which was good fun because it was quite boring at times because it was literally standing around. That sounds like great fun. But Well, there were times when I got to stand behind Joss Whedon as he directed all the Avengers. Yeah. That was really good fun. Yeah. Um, and then I've worked on uh, sort of productions. I did this... Um, I'm not going to mention any names. I think people who know me will know the story already. But I worked on a series of short films for a uh, acting school from London. They yeah. shot down in Whitstable in Kent. And it was just a running job, but it paid really well, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, and so I was working on a few of those. First couple of days were fine. Uh, liked the crew that I was working with. And then they moved me to another crew for the last few days. And I had the mispleasure of working with the most pretentious, twattish director that I've ever had the misfortune of working with. Yeah. He was just a horrible individual. And the first AD was a bit of a dick as well. Kind of from that, you know, and yeah. he had the pressure of working with it. And it was just a very unpleasant experience. And it got to the point where, you know, I was being yelled at and told to do stupid things that were just really not nice. And he yelled at all the crew. And on the last day, we were doing a night shoot and we were filming on the beach in October. In you know, So it was cold, we were filming all through the night. And the director went out and bought everyone a hot drink except me and then got me to clear away the rubbish at the end. Classy. Yeah, it was a low experience. And I really hope that I get to come across him one day as a successful filmmaker. I'd be like, hey, fuck you, buddy. And then kick him in the nuts or something. I guess that's the thing. You've got to be nice to people. Like they, they say, you go, you're nice to people when you're going up because they're going to be the people you see when you're going down yes you know exactly so he might be whoever this guy is 
he's very foolish to be unpleasant to people because that's he's not going to have that power for long and then no one's going to want to work with him well exactly and again on the other side of things is when we've been running shoots you know it's, it's been amazing well yes no bloody well has because yeah. I like what I like to think is that whenever we put together a crew and a cast and a, a set environment yeah. we really like it to be kind of you know we all work hard and there's obviously there's pressures to get things in within time and that sort of thing but I really like the fact that we make it laid back and friendly and just a bit joyful you know I like to think people come away working from us and say that was kind of cool you know I think the thing is the the set production aspect of filming the 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 set uh, filming itself can be quite stressful uh, there's a, always a time limit there's uncontrollable elements especially when you're shooting on location it's quite a stressful experience making a film so if you're going to make a film you want to make it as minimise the stress as much as possible and I guess that's something that's become important to me is I don't want it to be a chore I want to enjoy it this as much as I can uh, so that's the reason I choose to work with people that not only are good at what they do but I trust and I know that I've got good chemistry with basically yeah. because it doesn't matter how good you are if you're dick, then I don't want to work with you. Yeah, and I don't want to work hard for you. I yeah. want to do the minimal that I can get away with. Yeah. What about, have you had any experiences on the low end of things? Um, <laughs> Again, no names or productions or anything like that? Not really, uh, but I haven't done as much work marshalling or running work as you uh, for that reason. Because, well, mainly actually because I'm couldn't be bothered uh and <laughs> also i don't drive and also i have a the thing is with that work is that you've got to be able to drive and be able to be contacted at the last minute and go you need to be in the middle of the woods at six in the morning and if you can't do that then you can't really do that work and that's kind of why i've not done it to be honest uh but also just because i, I can't be bothered to have twats being twatish to me it's uh, not the most pleasant uh, but when I have worked on bigger projects I guess I've kind of handpicked them and they've not been major projects like what you've worked on but sort of bigger than us you know sort of in independent feature films or big budget short films or whatever and it's really interesting to work on that scale because it's just working on a different level you know having that many crew and cameras and like and it's it it's quite enjoyable because you get that buzz, the creative buzz, but you don't have any other responsibility. It's just like... It's crazy seeing a set where there is a person for every job. Yeah. Like, you know, if there was a job to be like, oh, we just need to... That dust needs to be, like, moved a bit. There's a dust mover. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy to that that scale compared yeah. to what we do and what we'll probably end up doing as well. It's yeah. just so different. It's fascinating, but... I think that also the thing that always amazes me working on bigger films is that most people don't know what's going on. You know, yeah, <laughs> if that, you're, that if, is refreshing to yeah, see as well. If you're, but if, but that's because you don't. It's like it's very much a need to know basis. So if you're a runner uh, or a marshal, you've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> you're just told to stand over there, do that, move that over there. But in terms of creative, I, I worked on a film. Uh, once and I just had no idea. I never saw the scripts. Never saw you know. Never saw it. Yeah. Had no input on that. Obviously, uh, 
But it's weird to be on a set and not know anything about what you're doing. It's very strange. I mean, I remember on the set of Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. When, because uh, I worked on that. Oh, did you? I days, didn't know that. Uh, when uh, I was next to Joss Whedon on oh, yeah. the set of the Avengers Who's Age he? of Ultron. He's, he's a god. Um, and I remember him, uh, like, he had the script in his hands. He was like, Chip, Chip, what, what do you think of this scene? And I said, no, Joss, don't, don't do that. No one will, will like that. I think you should cut it. And he said, yeah, I think you're right, Chip. Thanks for your... You know, your Are we... Sorry, input. if we entered fantasy land now, is this this... Well, del- I have got my trousers off ready. De- delusional ramblings. Yeah, can you just give me a half an hour with this? No. Oh. Well, I guess we better move on. I guess so. <laughs> I'm not quite <laughs> sure what that question was and whether we answered it. But hey, the important thing is that I worked on Avengers Age of Ultron. Nobody cares anymore. Okay. Dumps blub. Dumps plug, dumps plug, yeah. The jingle for that is one of my favourite parts of every episode. So if you didn't know, it's time for dumps plug. Dumps plug. No, we've done that. No, let's do it again. <laughs> Did you know I worked on Avengers Age of Ultron? No, I didn't know that. Tell us more. We should We're get a jingle re- for that. Yeah. Dumps plug, dumps plug. Okay, so. Yes. Do you remember last... No, it wasn't last year. It was earlier this year. Probably not. I did. Go the, on. <laughs> I did the Folkestone fifty-two hour film challenge. You and Melissa did that. I remember. Yes, yeah, we did that. And buddy, it, it was that's right. And that was the name of the film, by the way. I'm not just saying words. But we're buddies. Buddy, we're buddies. Buddy. Anyway, yes. Uh, the guys that run that uh, are Rebecca and James. Two uh, lovely people. Lovely people that worked on Sirens Bay. Um, so they run this thing called Folkestone 52 Hour Film Challenge you don't have to be in Folkestone it's just called that because that's where we live uh, <laughs> but basically uh, you've got 52 hours to make a film uh, and I took part earlier in the year it was tons of fun um, I'd love to do it again this time but i too busy editing Sirens Bay this time but I would highly recommend that you take part in it because it was brilliant and I think working to a deadline is always very good. It forces you to make decisions that you wouldn't normally make. So, uh, this time, uh, it is uh, on between the 13th and 15th of November. Uh, so, you start. it starts from 8 o'clock on the 13th, which I believe is a Friday, and then you have till midnight on the Sunday to finish the film. Nice. And upload. it needs to be uploaded to Vimeo, uh, by then cool uh, and then there no doubt they'll have a screening we had a screening last time which was really really great and they'll, I'm sure they'll sort another one out before the end of the year so just reminded one folks in 52 hour film challenge you can find them on Facebook uh, they've also uh, got a website as well uh, we'll put links in the podcast as ever uh, and it's on from the 13th to the 15th of November so do check it out. It is really good fun, and I would I, I think it just forces you to make a film in a weekend, which is always a good thing. And this concludes this week's edition of Dom's Plug. Dom's Plug. Well, that's it for another week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, if you did. Um, please do consider subscribing to us on the iTunes and maybe leaving us a rating and review, because the more of those you get, the higher in the charts we appear, and the more independent artists we can expose not in that way, and uh, Showcase, which would be lovely, because that's what we want to do. And you can find all of our previous episodes uh, free of charge, Dom. Free Did you agree to this? I don't think I had a choice. Oh, on our SoundCloud page. Uh, We also have a website, which is justtoridefilms.co.uk, 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash justridefilms. We are on the Twitter at justridefilms. Dom, what is your personal Twitter account? Uh, it's at Dom Scary Man. <laughs> no, no, it's not Halloween anymore. Oh, okay. You can sorry. be at Dom okay. uh, Bonfire. Okay, at Dom. Damn it. Do you know why I keep saying damn it? Do I want to know? Do I care? Think about it. Okay. And I am at Thompson underscore Phil. And that's the end of the episode. We don't need to go into the damn it thing. We're just going to stop. Do you want, no, no. Do you want to know? Seriously. No. I, 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 all right. Here's I don't a, care. I, no, I want to say. Well, I don't care. I want to put it out to the hashtag podcast peeps. Why this episode is the damn it episode. Is and, it because Star Trek's coming back? No. Oh. So if the hashtag podcast peep lets me know why it's that. I'll be very impressed. Should we give him a prize? I'll give you another clue. Damn it. That was the same thing you've just been saying the whole podcast. Damn it. Um, what, is there a prize for the hashtag podcast people that gets the right answer? Uh, we will sing a song about them. No, let's send them a Sirens Bay postcard. No, that's not. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> uh, yeah, be nice. Come on, this is an official competition now. And guess why Dom is being an idiot and saying, damn it, uh, we got some lovely Sirens Bay postcards printed off and we will send you a personalised one for your collection or just for you to enjoy. Damn it. And we'll see you next week. Damn Bye. it. Bye. Damn it. Damn it.